I wrote a book a couple years ago called Bad Theology Kills, Undoing Toxic Belief and Reclaiming Your Spiritual Authority. And I wrote the book kind of as a love letter to my younger self. Like, what were the things I needed to hear when I was working through my own faith journey and my faith falling apart? What did I need to know to empower me to get through all of the seemingly unanswerable questions. So if that sounds like you and you're asking questions about like, can I be gay and Christian or gay and a person of faith? Or do I even have to remain Christian? Or maybe you've got questions about hell or why the GOP and the evangelical church are basically the same thing. Uh, If that's you, I encourage you go pick up a copy of my book. It's called Bad Theology Kills. You can get it at badtheologykills.com. Uh, once again, go to badtheologykills.com, get the book, and let me know what you think. Okay? All right, let's get into the show. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Tiny Revolution, the podcast about ordinary people living revolutionary lives. This is episode 169. This is my episode, uh, second episode actually, with uh, Nadia Bowles Weber. And if you know who she is, then she doesn't need an introduction. But if you don't know, you're going to find out in a minute. Before we get into that, I want to say thank you so much to everybody who's already um, signed up uh, for summer groups within the Crowded Table community. If you don't know what the Crowded Table is, it's an online spiritual community. I'm calling it a spiritual social club because we joked for a long time that churches were nothing but country clubs. And so now we're just being a little bit more upfront about it. You know, we're people who gather around specific values. We try different practices on, we support one another and we pay dues. So that's a club as far as I know. So if you are looking for spiritual community, uh, you should come to The Crowded Table. It's thecrowdedtable.mn.co. That's the web address where you can find it. We've got some really cool stuff coming up in June and July, including a group for uh, parents who are deconstructing. If you are just fresh into the deconstruction conversation, we're also going to be hosting, hopefully, a group for uh, coming out support during Pride Month. So if you're in the process of coming out and you want to get with some other people about that, come on over. Uh, there's also going to possibly be a what I'm calling the Heretics Bible Study, and we are going to get into the books that didn't make it into the canon, like um, the Gospel of Truth, Gospel of Mary Magdalene, Gospel of Thomas, um, Thunder, Sacred Mind, and I believe the Gospel of Judas, just to really mix it up a little bit. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, um, or you're just looking for support or community after your faith has blown up, the Crowded Table could be the place for you. Once again, go to thecrowdedtable.mn, that's marynancy.co, um, or check the link in my bio, and you can join us there for as little as seven bucks a month. Try it out. If you hate it, end your subscription. There's no need to do that, but it's it's been really, really cool. The last thing before I tell you about today's guest is I want to tell you that if you are looking to join the summer cohort for summer 2022, the practice cohort, it starts on June 13th and what the practice cohort is is a 12-week journey with 20 folks and yours truly to start crafting spiritual practices that are actually going to be helpful um, to start processing some of the the trauma and triggers that we brought with us from our past and learn what it is to move into a life that's actually beautiful worth living that we actually love so if you are like okay i've deconstructed i've pulled all this stuff apart now what 
the cohort, the practice cohort, I want you to come check it out. Go to thekevingarcia.com slash cohort to get all the information on that. Okay, now that I've given you all of my commercials, let me tell you about today's guest, Nadia Bolsweber, who I suppose, you know, two times on the podcast is, does that make you friend of the pod? You tell me. Uh, Nadia Bolsweber is an ordained Lutheran pastor, the founder of House for All Sinners and Saints in Denver, Colorado. She's also the creator and host of The Confessional, a podcast which is so lovely, and the author of three NYT best-selling memoirs, Pastrix, uh, subtitled The Cranky Beautiful Faith of a Sinner and Saint, Accidental Saints, Finding God in All the Wrong People, and Shameless, A Sexual Reformation, which is actually personally my favorite, um, but I love sex, so figures. She writes and speaks about personal failings, recovery, grace, faith, and really whatever the hell she wants to. She always sits in the corner with the other weirdos, and you can also subscribe to her newsletter called The Corners on her website, NadiaBoltzWeber.com. I'll be sure to include those links in the bio. So in this, we get into a lot of delicious stuff, including how we kind of fight infighting within our communities. I love this conversation. I hope you do too. Enjoy this conversation with Nadia Boltzweber. aspirational like people pay <laughs> huge sums of money to have a crown of glory like that you know oh that's very sweet yeah it just grows out of my head like that but um it is an act of defiance to not dye the gray hair for sure good for you mm-hmm. I, I i started just keeping my hair normal the normal brown uh after going rainbow for about like three three years mm. um and then there's just one day I woke up and I said, I don't think I can, I don't think they, this can handle it anymore. Yeah. So, yeah especially yeah. now that I'm experiencing like my hairline starting to retreat a little bit. Mm. And I'm like, mm, we'll see what happens next though. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Aging is, um, you know, it's just one humiliation after the other. <laughs> <laughs> the, the truth comes out. I was like, oh, everything gets better as you get older. And it's like, nah, it's one humiliation after the other. No, a lot of things get better, but it, it accompanies the humiliation of it. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I'll embrace it, hopefully. Anyway, yeah. uh, the way I love to do things nowadays is say, how do you introduce yourself to people right now? Oy. Like, and assume that this is not going to be like an asshole person who's going to ask you too many invasive questions. They're chill. Real chill. Yeah. Um. Gosh, I don't know. I mean, that's... It shouldn't be hard to say that, but um, mm. I don't even. Who, the, Kevin? Who the fuck are we after two years of this? Honestly, I don't know. I used to be this badass, you know, and now I feel like, you know, if I manage to get off my sofa and get out of my apartment to do one thing a day, I'm like, who? Look at me, <laughs> you it's know. Like... It's hard. I don't. I don't know. Um. I have a hard time with that. If I meet new people mm-hmm. and they're like, what do you do? I'm like, uh, I'm a person for a living. I don't know. <laughs> what that's, I- that's about where I'm at sometimes. I'm just like, how would I describe it in a way that would even make remote sense? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it doesn't. It feels like a, 
uh, a wild, wild west of... This is something, like, when I was really young, I was thinking, I'm like, oh, yeah, like... Like, this is also me growing up in evangelicalism, thinking, oh, yeah, yeah. we're going to be the generation to change everything. And then, lo and behold, we did. You are. Everybody just left. We're just like, all right. By leaving. <laughs> well, just... I... It, I now, I say that, but I still have a really core vocational identity in the sense of really more than anything else. I'm a preacher. That's my vocation. Now I, and so subsequently truth be told, I only really do one thing well in life, which is preach. I, (laughs) I've been clever enough to parlay that into books and talks and events and a blog and a podcast. Like, but honestly, it's it mm-hmm. all comes from this one vocation I have mm. to be a preacher. Um, like if I wasn't, I still preach once a month uh, so in a, a different context here in Denver. I'm attached to three different communities. And I'm like, I have to. If, I, if I'm not preaching, I don't know who I am. Mm. So foundationally that is my vocation and I've just figured out ways of doing that that are a bit non-traditional so yeah I mean when I think about uh I mean as I was I finished up my master's in practical theology right as the pandemic shut everything down the first time Mm -hmm. and so I was sitting there at the end of it thinking like we were actually I took we were taking a class on digital ministry. And <laughs> when I tell you, I'm just like, jokes. We had jokes in that class. We had no idea what we were talking about or researching or anything. Cause like, but that's like, I find something resonates with me when you're talking about like core vocation mm-hmm. and that really hits for me because it's like there's just like the one thing I love doing is actually just communicating these ideas and getting in front of people and, you know, trying to, what does Allison say on Twitter? F the ineffable. <laughs> Something like that. Great, yeah. But yeah, it's, um, it really has evolved because like I still have like my community here in Atlanta, but like... Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it in, in your little corner of the internet, but like a huge influx of people who are so sick of what has been going on. And like, we're all, it's, it, it's not quite ramshackling it together in circles on the internet until we can figure out how to do it in real life, maybe. But that's kind of what it feels like to me is like, we're starting to, I don't know, dream a little bit about what spiritual community can look like mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now meaning sort of in the midst of deconstruction or post deconstruction or now meaning post COVID or yes. And both. like, yeah, yeah. Like, like literally like what, like, what do we, what do we do? I, I think it's like, I'm always like the, the, I have such an, like my imagination just is running wild these days about what spiritual community could look like outside of the strict norms. Like what if we didn't meet every Sunday? What oh, if, yeah. what if we, you know, <laughs> got real witchy and met on the full moon and the new moon, and then in between mm-hmm. times we're just figuring out how to mm-hmm. take care of each other or do something mm-hmm. together for fun? What if we had fun mm-hmm. together? 
Yeah, I mean, I I spent a decade of my life like do it building a DIY church, you know, mm-hmm. where I was like, we could do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. You know, we could do anything we want. We had so much freedom and fun and creativity to do church however we wanted to do it. And it ended up being more traditional than probably you're talking about. But even just the fact that, you know, normally in church, the the pastor is the one who does almost everything up front and there'll be a lay person doing the readings and that's it. And then the pastor does everything else. And we're like, um, what if we didn't do that? What if the pat, what if whoever showed up did almost everything and the pastor did a couple things. And, and what if we got rid of the Rhoda, you know, in, in Lutheran Episcopal churches, you have the Rhoda, which is the list of people who are doing the jobs and they've been trained, they've done a reader training and they're qualified to be in the altar guild and all this stuff. And they're on a rotation of who shows up. And I was like, what if we just don't do that? What if when like, no matter who walks in the door, there's, there's a list of things you could do in the liturgy. So you could have never been to a Christian service in your entire life, walk into House for All Sinners and Saints, and someone will literally be like, do you want to serve communion? Would you like to, uh, would you like to read the gospel? Um, uh, and you give up, you have to give up predictability and control in a way to be able to do that. But you get, and excellence. I mean, that's why we always say we're anti-excellence pro-participation. Uh, um, if you give those up, the things you get, that are unforeseen are totally worth it. But most mm. churches don't want to give up predictability and control. You know? Yeah. Nor no. excellence. Or excellence. I actually got to the point where I told my assistant to never send me booking requests from any organization that has the word excellence in their title. Fuck that. No, <laughs> no I'm, not, I'm not your person, you know? Because it's not going to be excellent. If an if a event organizer wants to hop on the phone with me, which is to be honest, almost never necessary, but if they if they insist on doing it, um, it's so clear that they're concerned about is it gonna be excellent? You know what I mean? This like control thing and like mm-hmm. have to make sure and I'm like, honestly, if you just let me talk to the audience for an hour, it'll be so much better. Mm. It'll be so much better. I promise you. I promise you it'll be fine. So there ha- having like the bulk of spiritual leadership instead of it being like you're the example of how to be good you know what if it is basically you are energetically holding the space for the whole Mm -hmm. community and you're doing it in the non-anxious way that's it that's it like if you can show up and just be energetically hold the space for everyone in a non-anxious way that's half the job. Mm. I just I just need to soak that in for a second. Well, because I mean, if you think about when you show up places and you can feel that the leader is anxious, yeah. either not enough people came and now they're feeling like they have feelings, or something doesn't go right, and that it ultimately, when everything that happens or doesn't happen feels like a reflection of that person's value to themselves. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> Just you're <love> fucked. <laughs> <laughs> then you're fucked. You know? Yeah. You have to we have to let go of that in order 
to um, one of the things I loved about the Why Christian events was how um, matter of factly they started each time. Like yeah, we would just we would just walk out and be like, "All right, we're going to do morning prayer." None of this, welcome everyone. You know this like mm-hmm. none of that fake fucking shit of like being a big persona and putting it on and everything. I would just usually walk out and be like, mm-hmm. you know, just join me in morning prayer. It's like, so like we can actually, I think really matter of fact, uh, vibes from, uh, uh spiritual leaders. I think that is much more trustworthy to people now than mm-hmm. any kind of persona that you put on, you know? I agree because the thing that you just said, if the if the leader is anxious or has like their feelings or ego or sense of accomplishment wrapped up in how well this does or does not go, yeah. you're yes. going to be disappointed eventually because Correct. something's not going to go the way you want. But like, I'm, I'm in a place now where I don't think I could ever be disappointed by the way something goes. And if I, <laughs> if I can be disappointed, that is data for me to deal sure. with. Cause like what yeah. I measure my success now by is like, did I show up? as my full and complete self and mm-hmm. was i at peace and at ease when i was doing it did i enjoy it mm-hmm. yeah and if i didn't then that's again data to explore but like that's right most of the time being able to just mm-hmm. like you said like when i'm going into a space i'm sharing what i'm learning or what i have learned or my my own spiritual peace if you will mm-hmm. I can just hold that for somebody else. And even if they don't pick up on it or can't feel it, doesn't matter. My whole job is to say, it's all right that you feel mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's good that you feel totally. everything. I'm glad that you brought it here and not dealt with it on your own. What a treat. I mean, but by the way, I don't feel that way just about Christian leadership. I feel that mm-hmm. way in yoga class. If I go to a yoga yes. class and that person is just all affectation, where they have that passive aggressive half whisper and, and it just feels yeah. like bullshit to me. I can't, I don't want to. Yeah. When they have this affect of being like totally like centered and I just assume they're a monster. Honestly, I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. I don't trust them. But if they're just sort of grounded, really matter of fact, it's not, aff- they're not affected um, I'm like, cool, man, let's do some yoga. You know, I, I just, yeah. I, I don't trust it. You know, mm-hmm. it's about, I think it's, you probably have like a really strong bullshit meter. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like most, a, most of my friends in recovery and anybody who's really been through some shit and maybe also was guilty of their own bullshit before. I know I, that's mm-hmm. me. I'm just like, the reason I know bullshit is because I was the bullshitter for a very mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay with that now. I think a lot of people don't want to talk about how like they used to be a shit or maybe the way they currently are. That's, yeah. that's also something I low key like about you is you're very, what would you say? One of your books is just like, God uses me even though I'm an asshole. I'm just like, wow, that's beautiful. And I yeah. Well, it's, um, it, it's really an issue of supply and demand. I just have a, a huge supply of those stories. And um, <laughs> if I had, if I had just like example after example of, of how shiny my virtues were. Maybe I would share them, but those aren't the stories I have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Can I pull on a, a particular thread? Um, mm. um, specifically about like 
I guess like it's like a question about like leadership and like what spiritual leadership mm-hmm. is. Like you are somebody that I think is mm-hmm. a very you're a very good pastor. I think for a lot of people, and you're a really mm-hmm. good pe- preacher. Um, you're someone mm-hmm. who I think's in, your integrity feels very solid to me. Mm-hmm. Um, both based off of just your own track record and also mm-hmm. the company you keep and how mm-hmm. it's just like I don't know. So for you, like when you're like. I guess like the the question I have is just like <laughs> what changes need to happen within like sort of like how we think about leadership within spiritual circles in order for mm. them to be healthy. Oh, the leader has to have done their fucking work, man. I mean, mm. if you haven't done your your personal work, you have no business trying to be any kind of leader in a spiritual community because um uh, because you'll be leaky. Mm. You know? You'll either try and get your needs met in some fucked up way, or you'll be unaware of, I'll tell you, I'll tell you uh, early on at house, I, I was really unaware of the way my personal charisma functioned. And I did not know how to be boundaried enough to protect people from myself in a sense, not, not in like any sort of, there was nothing that, um, you know, would have gone to HR if there was one, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not like that, but, um, even just knowing that, um, everything I sort of did or said was observed by people Hmm. and they were affected by it because of my charisma and my role at that church. And so, um, I mean, I, one example is like, I, like I had some, a young, young queer person who I just love so much, um, like dog sit for us while we, while I was on sabbatical for a month in the UK and they stayed at our house. I never would do it again. I never would do that again. It was not, I didn't, that was not a good boundary because then I, there was this expectation that we had this like special relationship Uh, and I can't, you can't have that. It doesn't work, you know? Um, And so I didn't, I just wasn't aware enough to go, yeah, man, that, that's not cool. You can't do that because that person is now going to have lots of extra feelings about everything I do or don't do. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's my responsibility, you know? So anyway, my, my Bishop, his name, Jim Gonyan, he's one of the best men I've ever known. Honestly, he's, I've known him for a very long time. He was the first person to um, make me feel like I was worth being listen to in the church so he's known Mm. me since my kids were babies and i was i was like in my 30s trying to finish my college degree nobody knew who i was i was just married to a local pastor and Mm -hmm. we um my ex-husband's church and jim's church because he was a parish pastor before he was a bishop Mm -hmm. they would go to the same same week at summer camp every week so i'd see him for a week and we would talk and he would really lean in and he would ask me questions. And he's like, God, I love your perspective. And I'm like, mm-hmm. really? Like nobody's ever said that to me before. So mm-hmm. he, he's, he's, he's incredible. And, um, and he's done a lot of personal work. Well, this is an area of the country. A lot of people want to be able to move to the front range mm-hmm. of the right. Range. And 
Denver area. And so he gets a lot of unsolicited dossiers from pastors who want to move to this area, right? And he will get on the phone with them, with these people who want to move right. here and get a church. And he'll be like, what kind of personal work have you done? Yeah. Like, do you do Enneagram work? Are you, do you do 12-step stuff? Are you in therapy? Do you do body work? Like, tell me what kind of personal work you've done. Because if they haven't done their personal work, they're not coming to the Senate. Mm. Mm. He won't. Mm-mm. Nope. No. Dang. So, like, that's, that's, that's actually, like, the dopest thing I've ever heard. That's good leadership. That That's being, you know, that's protecting the sheep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I think that's my main like having a capacity for self-awareness and and understanding when you're full of shit and knowing the process you know how adept human beings are at self-justification including ourselves like really being aware of that stuff in ourselves is the best gift that we can give anyone who is quote under our leadership which is kind of problematic yeah. term you know yeah weird term but and i i meant you know I didn't do it right every time. And I tried. Um, it was actually very sweet because um, one of my parishioners from house that, who had been there since almost the beginning um, and who's still really involved, listened to, listened to the um, Mars Hill podcast. Oh. And, and she wrote me a letter saying, look, you definitely like made mistakes. Like you, de- you know, she's like, you, you hurt some people and made some mistakes, but it, but you, it was always, always about your character and not your charisma. And that was the distinction they made in that podcast. And it was so, it felt like, it felt like an absolution. Like it felt like yeah. a huge thing for somebody who's, who has known me since the very early days and seen mistakes I made, you know, things I got wrong and still was able to say, look, it was about, you had, it was about your character. It wasn't about your charisma. And I was so grateful for that, for that letter from her. Because there's a woman, uh, there's a woman who's trying to make the case online that I'm the female Mark Driscoll. That, that, that <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's fucking hilarious. I know, I know, I know. The but, female well, Mark Driscoll? Are you fucking uh, kidding me? I know. God bless, but yeah. Um, <sighs> sorry, so, I did not know I was going to have that little <laughs> reaction. <laughs> yeah. Let him try. Moving on. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's unimportant. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. And like, mm-hmm. because that is, some, I think that is something I'm so, I, tr- I would, I want to be so mindful of uh, where I am and like the position that I have, because I've just seen so, I've seen like what power does to people and I've seen what like attention does to people. And yeah. I've also, I'm just, I think it's having, I mean, honestly, like, it's like, it's like you and, and the whole hedge, like, honestly, y'all like have been being an example for so many of us going forward about how to roll with integrity and to mm. do your own work and to take responsibility for your own shit. Mm. And also to like, mm. cause I, I don't know, like you probably don't keep up with drama on the internet. Um, but you <laughs> 
I've just seen it too many times where it's like when I see I see the egos rearing their ugly head and it becoming about she said, she said, he said, they said. And I'm just like I'm just so much more interested in helping A, like becoming actual friends with people and then also helping other people become actual friends with people. No, Something I've been thinking that. about is like I love that. <laughs> that's lovely yeah who are you yeah. uh oh sorry go ahead well the internet giveth and the internet that taketh away you know mm. and um i i um i have <laughs> never i have never really wanted to be part of the um circular firing squad that exists um in that is the yeah. most beautiful yeah. and sad poetic metaphor i've ever heard for it but yeah it is a circular firing squad Shit. not interested yeah it's uh it does nothing good in the world it does not it does not it does not create one good and beautiful thing in the world it just um it, it it's just we get trapped in the hedonic treadmill of uh our own brain chemistry and the little dopamine hits we get um as like little mice running around these you know the internet and um it's just not real. <laughs> so. God. I, I mean, like, I I didn't have a flip phone until college. So, like, imagine, <laughs> at least for me, I just keep thinking, I'm just like, if they if we take their smartphones away, will it be better? Maybe. I don't know. I, um, I, I really am. If, if I am prone to feelings of despair right now, they are always, always connected to how trapped we are in these um, ideological battlegrounds that um, that are a result of um, ad revenue and algorithms. So I I I have a hard time. I am fairly intelligent, and I have a difficult time. Um, determining what of my opinions and my view of the people of people in the world is a result of algorithms and how much of it is a result of my actual lived experience in the world. So um, I, and if there's something, I mean, we are in the matrix. <laughs> we are in Dang the matrix. And, um, and, and to our collective and individual peril. A lot of there are people making a great deal of money off the fact that we're all in the matrix, but um, it's it's very disturbing to me. It's it's very disturbing to me. I actually think the heavily ideological stuff on the left, especially that you see on like Twitter, um, I think if that was not happening, we wouldn't see these state legislatures taking the kind of actions that they're taking. I actually think the mm. fact that we have to take everything to such an extreme that, that we've created these purity systems where um, people are terrified about being called out for not using the right word that somebody decided was the right word a week ago, that, you know, all of this stuff, I think that the stuff we're seeing on the right is largely a reaction 
to the circular firing squad material that's online. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that even though we say, oh no, it's about freedom. It's about justice. This is all about liberation. I think that we are creating a situation where the opposite is happening as a result, not exclusively, but uh-huh. in part. And, and some yeah. good stuff has happened for sure. That's fine. But um, the reaction to it is uh, we will be suffering for a very long time. I think. Look at this. Yeah. Look at the makeup of the Supreme Court right now. Do you think we're not no. fucked for a very long time? <laughs> a good I'm sorry. long time. So, like, what it, what does the good book say? Bank your gardens in Babylon, bitches. <laughs> exactly. Plant those seeds. I know. And that that I really like. There is a part of me. I, I was thinking. I, I joke all the time with like my gay friends on Twitter. I'm just like, which one of you bastards is going to give me a green card to Canada? Because. It's, at least y'all have healthcare up there, but then up, up there, it's not that much better. It's colder. And I do like the fact that I have seasons in Atlanta. So I don't know. Yeah. Is it worth it? Yeah. I mean, I, I love your point about you're more concerned about actual friendship and helping yes. other people have actual friendship. That to me is, uh, is powerful because um, we have been, we have become very confused about what's real and what's not real being in the matrix. And so, um, but, but actual friendship is real uh-huh. and, um, and it matters. And if, if the left was concerned with, you know, our working people still able to get a living wage, like if uh-huh. this was still a focus of the left, we would not be as fucked as we are right now. Like if, if there was some compassion for people who lived in rural settings, for people who work, who were working class, if there was curiosity and compassion, that's what the left sort of led with um, for these swaths of people, instead of allowing basically an elite intelligentsia to define what the platform is and for that platform to only be actually relatable by a very small percentage of people. When are you, listen, please get a, a, a show on MSNBC and or somewhere because like your political analysis right now is actually very delicious. Uh, well, I'm a middle-aged liberal, so that's why. Roll rock and roll. I, <laughs> the, I, I thank you also. That makes, that feels good to hear. And also kind of, the thing it kind of pulls out of me is that like I... <clears throat> I had real life friendships before I was an internet human and I still do have mm-hmm. really, really close mm-hmm. uh, friendship, like real life proximity friendships. And I know like that is a blessing that some people do not have. If you want to call it a blessing, privilege, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 my friends, my closest friends are people who are not, not scared in the same way I am about things. They're not like, mm-hmm. You know, like where, like they, they understand that my worth is not tied up with how many people are going to listen to something or Mm. how I'm going to like, you know, do the next thing. They're really just concerned with being and enjoying me. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that is something like I, (sighs) 
I, I get to I, like Thursday, like Wednesday nights is karaoke with my friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we go to this divey ass gay bar and we <laughs> sing our fucking hearts out um, to everything across the board. Also, the karaoke mm-hmm. book hasn't been updated since 2008. All praise, so, yes. And so, <laughs> you know, you don't get it. It's, it's, and it's a place where we're, we're like, we're not trying to do anything but enjoy. And there's yeah. some, there's some, I think at least for me, like I didn't realize that that kind of pleasure, mm-hmm. that kind of peace that comes from just being able to like, <clears throat> take a, like just to take a deep breath and realize that like this well-mannered frivolity is the whole point. Mm, I love that. And that's I, what um, I want I, one of the things that I, I walked the Camino in um, October. I haven't really posted cool. much about it. I haven't been that public about it. Um, but I did. It was five and a half weeks and um, like 500 Amazing. miles. And one of my favorite things was to get to be me um, uh, apart from my designations. Yeah. So. Um, and, and I really loved that. And to be just a human animal moving through these beautiful landscapes, walking like humans have always walked and the simplicity of that. And I have to say, I was blissed out, blissed. I would make these videos that I'd send Eric because I'd start each day really early. So I saw a lot of these beautiful sunrises and there's, it's so gorgeous. There's no strip malls there's no fast food there's no billboards you know it's just this gorgeous gorgeous spanish countryside and then you stumble into another medieval village you know damn damn great and so i would take videos just quick ones just showing him the panorama and uh i didn't watch any of them till i got to santiago and i watched them and i'm like i sound stoned as fuck in these videos i sound i sound i'm I'm like Oh my god, it's so beautiful. I can't believe I get to be. I mean, it's my double rainbow moment. I was just like, <laughs> oh my god. Like, and um, but the point being, how totally simple. I had none of my I had none of the stuff that is like makes me my personal style, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I had two pairs of clothes for five and a half weeks that I would just wash and wear the other one. And no, but none of my designations mattered. I was not important. I was not a celebrity. I wasn't a pastor. I wasn't, I was nothing. I was just another pilgrim. And I'm in this and I'm outside walking. <laughs> and, you know, in our lives, we seek, you know, those, that sort of brain, those dopamine hits. So those, that brain chemistry thing, but we do it through fucking sugar highs online, you know, and, and that feels good. And then you crash, right? And here I was experiencing blissed, a blissed out experience. And it was doing the simplest thing possible. There was nothing fancy about that. And um, it, it's just kind of stuck, stuck with me. Now, I was still me. Um, I mean, I did actually text my best friend. The Camino is hard when it ends up you don't like most people. Like, I mean, so I was definitely... <laughs> still me it's not like i transcended my own fucking personality it was still there i literally took a cab 
ahead an entire day to get away from the people I was walking with. Yeah, yeah but, I would, so, I would, do, I would. At that point, I think I would have said, "I'm so sorry. I'm on a silent thing, so I'm just gonna let y'all." Okay. I'm telling you, on the train in, like the tr- the little train that goes into Saint Saint Jean de Port, it's filled with pilgrims. The very first pilgrim I met, I quickly dubbed the Canadian mansplainer because he uh, was an expert in every topic, including the thing I have two degrees in. So. Um, it was, mm-hmm. and every beautiful medieval town I went into, that guy was there. I'm like, it's like a mild horror film. I'm like, you're just in this trance state and all this beauty and you're forced to walk like 18 miles every day, but it doesn't matter how far you walk, the same 10 assholes are sitting outside at a cafe. So, it, you know, so I say wow. all of this just to go, <laughs> look, realistically, it's not like I was like, Oh, I'm this new person. Nope, same person. But I got to I got to experience a part of myself that got to sort of unfurl into that landscape. You know, I got mm-hmm. to sort of, sort of un- my spirit got to sort of unfold into that space and into that time. And I'm so grateful for it. I am between you and Christina Cleveland talking about your pilgrimages. I'm just like as that's coming up for me. I feel it in my bones. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I highly, highly suggest it. Pulling on this thread now. What are your, what are your spiritual practices? Uh, this is something I've got into with everybody. Apparently this season is like, what do you do to keep yourself grounded and happy? Uh, it, it varies for me because stuff that worked early in the pandemic just doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, I would so love to tell you, oh, I, I meditate for 20 minutes and then I do some yoga and then I, you know, do some journal, light journaling. And then, you know, I'm but That's not me. <laughs> it's just not. Right, right, right. I've had times where I meditated regularly and that was really helpful. And um, I try to not make the fact that I'm not doing that into a, self-flatulation spiritual practice yeah um so i i talk to my best friend every couple days for an hour and that jody hogue and that uh, and truly the salt of the earth we've done that for years and um she's she's my companion in this life i live she knows everything about me you know Mm. um and i I eat, I love cooking. Cooking is like my happy place to be in the kitchen, mm. cooking. And uh, I do, when it's not freezing cold, Spend I do spend a lot of time walking outside. And um, I think having really good sex is a spiritual yes, practice. Yes, please. Yes, please. Grounding and great for the brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I mean, nothing terribly, like, inspirational. <laughs> Listen, I I think, but, like, at least you know what you're doing to keep yourself sane. Because some people, I don't think, it's just, like, I'm just experiencing a lot of, ah, I'm just, like, what if you masturbated just a little bit? Would that make you feel better? I'm just, like, <laughs> like that, that small amount of just, like, I mean, for me, like, I am, uh, uh, 
I'm like the, the only sex I've had with myself in the past two, not two years, about a year maybe, mm. just with myself. And let me tell you yeah. what, I am very good. I'm very good. <laughs> You're very good in bed. <laughs> yes, I absolutely yeah. am very good in bed with yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's, I, if I could tell anybody, like, I was like, I've talked to so many ex-evangelical dudes recently mm. about specifically like sex and sexuality and like mm. being able to I'm just like it's really okay yeah. like you are really like and not only that but just like this is one way you can begin reprogramming mm-hmm. the bullshit that was put in you by like totally. it's been really cool I just yeah. like also your book has been a real help to a lot of people I don't know if you know that Oh, Shameless has yeah. been ten out of ten. Oh, thanks. I it, it's interesting because um, it was, gosh, it it sold less than half of what Accidental Saints sold. So, mm. according to my publisher, not a successful book, but according to according to me, my most successful book, mm. no question because I wanted it to be a potent medicine for a particular ailment. Mm. And I've gotten enough feedback from people to say that it was just that for them, that I, I consider it my most successful book for sure. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. I've been asking the same five questions to wrap up times with people. It's just—it's not okay. quite rapid fire, but it's like it's just one thing. Yeah, it's five questions. What is one okay. thing that you like about yourself, Nadia Bolsweber? I like that I'm smart as fuck. I'd agree. You got a good <laughs> good brains in there. Lots of interesting shit. Well, especially because uh, my whole family is educated beyond their intelligence. You know, they all have like doctorates but they're not that smart and i was the family fuck up like i graduated high school with a 2.0 so i i knew i was funny and i knew i was street smart but i didn't actually know that i was smart till much later in life so Mm -hmm. i feel that Mm -hmm. actually like i took my sats the first time got a really bad score took them the second time got a worse score (laughs) Um. (laughs) yeah yeah. yeah, that was me. And so, like, I like, and I didn't didn't realize it wasn't diagnosed till like three years ago that I was ADHD and had some just little dyslexia going on. Nobody knew. No one said anything. I just thought I was stupid. Uh, right. But now I'm just like, no, I am. I'm a, yeah. I'm a genius. My mommy told me. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, what is one thing that you're really proud of? Uh, I'm going to say two. One is cool. I really am proud of my kids. My kids are, my adult children are um, just amazing, solid, great, lovely, fun, smart human beings. Uh, Judah, who's six feet, seven inches of gay. And yes. Um, and Harper. I mean, they're, I like being around them. I love who they are. I, my kids are amazing. Um, and they don't mind, they like me, they like hanging out with me. So I'm proud of that. That's very <laughs> and nice. The other, one, another thing I'm very proud of is that I was able to leave house for all sinners and saints in a good way. Mm. And that, that they, 
they continue to be a beautiful community. They're doing just fine without me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. What's one thing that pisses you off or is a pet peeve? What's that one? So many. I, I know. <laughs> But I I'm just like, oh, I'm not going to be the person that says, no, just pick one. I'm not going to. How much time do you have? I I had someone in a book signing line say that in the back of my books, they keep lists of things I hate. <laughs> because apparently I talk about it all the time. Okay. Um, so many, but I'll choose one. If you are in line at a green arrow, and you allow, during the green arrow, four or five car lengths between you and the person turning left in front of you, I will hate your guts. I will think, because you are not a team player. You only care about yourself. You're, you don't care about anybody behind you. And I want as many people behind me to also get through that green arrow. And so I, I'm safe, but I really pay attention and I go as, as close to the person in front of me as I can because I care about the whole team. Yeah. Listen, may That's just all people get on this level. May we yeah. all be this upset by people who do that to us. Something I still yell when that happens. My dad used to do this. He's, he would say, I could fit a fucking parade float through that. <laughs> exactly. And so I, I, if I'm there, I'm just like, wow, hey, dad, good to see you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, what's something you're super committed to or just regular committed? I am super committed to the idea of, um, grace, um, for ourselves and other people. Yes. What is one thing you'd like to do before you die? go to Antarctica, which I'm doing next week. What? Cool. Sorry if I like pierced your ears with that one. You're going to Antarctica? Mm. To do what? Just be there? Dance party. <clears throat> I'm just like, I'm so jealous. And for those of you just listening to this on the podcast, my mouth like was on the floor with such jealousy and dislike. It's like hearing, it's like, it's like, hey, we're going to go to Disney World, but you can't come because it's my thing. Like, I know, but one well, day I'll do it. I, I That's hesitated amazing. to even say it because of that, because, oh my God, what a oh, no. thing. But um, I was, I decided yesterday and I'm leaving Saturday. So, I mean, I found out about the trip and I'm just like, yes, because, and here's why. I have had a hard time. I wrote about this this morning on my Substack. I have, if I'm totally honest, I have a hard time leaving my apartment, much less leaving my sofa. Mm -hmm. So it is very easy for me to spend days at a time not doing anything. I mean, really, the malaise of COVID has hit yeah. me hard. And this opportunity was presented to me yesterday and at first I was like 
there's a lot of things to be scared of. I don't like being cold, for instance, but um, also just, uh, I'm like, I don't know. There were just things I was scared about. And also the world is on fire. And yes. how, why should I presume to go have some amazing adventure that so few people ever get to have if the world is on fire? And then I was like, oh no, I should do it because the world's on fire. Like, I have the money, I have the time, and I have the invitation. And when in the world am I ever going to have those again? And yeah. so, not all, and even all at the was, same time. I know. So I am doing it. I don't even know anyone who's going. Well, I hope you at least enjoy your own company and maybe at least one other person. Yeah. (laughs) I am so excited for you. Um, I'm not saying you have to put it on the gram, but. Mm, I I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I I wasn't even going to be public about it at all, but um, we'll see. Um, Well, it'll come out in a couple months. It'll be already said and done by then, so. There are a lot of things about my life I do not put on the internet. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be. Oh, no, that's that's about the same. Like, everything, mm. like, not everything I put online, but just, like, what I put out there is just, like, I know what I'm doing here. I have a very particular, mm-hmm. like, my, my relationship yeah. to social media and shit has changed a lot, but that's not oh, a conversation for another time. Well, me too. And part of it's that I'm sick of people saying shit to me about every single thing, every word choice, every, every single yeah, thing. I, I just... You know, you know, okay, yes. here's an example. During the Kavanaugh hearings, um, Cameron, the lesbian stand-up comic, Cameron Esposito put, mm-hmm. like, give me stuff made by women. Like, plays, art, books, anything, everything. And people were, like, giving her, and I said, literally, every human being ever born. That was my response, right? Ding dong. And with, did not take but a hot second for someone to be like, yeah, because trans men can't give birth because trans men have never given birth. And I'm like the joy stealing that is this constant thing is like also the the butt actually we have, we have the butt actually that has created a situation where I don't post about hardly anything. I post links to what I'm doing and stuff I've written and that's it. Because who wants to put themselves out there for this shit? When my nephew was shot and killed in August, I put on Twitter, grief is disfiguring. That's all I put. That's all I wrote. And within a minute, someone said, I understand the sentiment, but the ableism of this comment is just really destructive. Um, No curiosity about why would I wonder what's going on with Nadia that she would write grief is disfiguring. I wonder if maybe her nephew was shot and killed mm-hmm. yesterday. I no, wonder no, if her I wonder if her spirit is her soul un- is being disfigured. That is unimportant. What is important is I just found that somebody used a word they shouldn't have used. You know, and so you that's why I said it's like a poorly designed video game in which we never engage the other team. All we do is get ranking points by pointing out how members of our own team are wrong. That's the whole game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not, of course I don't. I don't post online much anymore about my yeah. life. Why would I? Also, it's it is none of that culture that we've now developed um, on on the internet. I don't see mm-hmm. that it's creating good and beauty in the world. I certainly don't see the way it's converting people who don't already agree with those opinions to them. Mm-hmm. 
because there's no grace for them. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's none of that. And so, you know, good for you. you got a couple yeah. of ranking points. Yeah. I really do hope that you are happy because I am being over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I so. feel like I learn so much from you every time I get to sit down with you. It's truly a treat and oh. an honor. And also just like, if we're ever in the same city, I'd love to buy you dinner. It'd be so nice. You're just, <laughs> you're just cool as shit. Um, oh, thanks, Kevin. Yeah. Will you do the thing where we say where we're to find you on the internet and shit? And like, how can people give you money and buy your books and whatnot? Uh, yeah, I mean, mostly um, I have the corners on Substack. And my books are in wherever you buy books. So. Cool. Yeah. Well, you're a blessing, a treat, mm-hmm. a dream, and... I hope you have a really good day. Thanks, Kevin Garcia. I hope you do too. Weber. You can check out her work uh, all over the internet. She's at, um, at I, well, her website is NadiaBullsWeber.com. Her handles are a little bit different in a couple of different places, but you can find all of her stuff there. Be sure to check out the corners, her newsletter, and yeah, I think that's about it. Nadia, thank you so much for hanging out with me. It was a treat and a dream. Um, now for the credits. A Tiny Revolution is supported by all the dope-ass people at the Crowded Table, which is the online spiritual social club that I help curate. So if you are out there looking for a place to land, to start exploring spirituality from a different perspective uh, or a post-Christian perspective, or learn how to like still like hold on to Jesus, even though you might be letting go of the church, this could be the place for you. It starts at just seven bucks a month and comes with a whole lot of really dope perks, including guided meditations that I post weekly, live events, and also we're gonna be starting to meditate regularly as a community. So if you're trying to seriously get your spiritual shit together, that might be the place to start. And if you're really looking to get your spiritual shit together, the Practice Cohort Summer 22 starts on June 13th. It is a 90-day journey with other people to figure out what spiritual practices work for you, to figure out how to undo the trauma and bullshit from the past so you can actually start fully living in the present. And I don't know, get to the business of enjoying your life. So if you are somebody who has deconstructed your faith and you've been putting things back together and you keep asking the question, now what? You know, you know that you like spiritual stuff, you know that it's helpful, you just don't know how to get it done and maybe you wanna do it with other people, the cohort is one of is the best thing I've ever done. And I just posted on my Instagram a little video clip of one of our present one of my present clients who's going through the, the spring cohort talking about how her, this experience has just in the past nine weeks, haven't even completed it, shifted how she moves on campus through her university and how she's actually cultivating a life of joy before she's even, you know, before she's old. You know, before she's like down the line. It's I don't know. It's just really, really encouraging to see that the things that we're doing together are helpful. And so if you are out there and you're looking for something, this could be the thing. So once again, go to thekevingarcia.com slash cohort to find out more about that shit. Everything starts on June 13th. Applications close June 10th. So don't miss out, Hanny. Uh, Last thing. 
Pride merch available now at thekevingarcia.com slash merch. There's a little discount code going through Monday. So be sure to go get that before prices jump, before the code stops. Um, and also so you get it in time for Pride, which is like less than two weeks away. So uh, go be, come be gay with me this summer. <laughs> Um, once again, to support the show, please leave us a rating in Spotify and Apple Music. Go to thecrowdedtable.mm.co to become a supporting partner and follow me across social media at the Kevin Garcia. So till next time, take it easy, my friends. I love you so much. You're beautiful. Thanks for listening to The Tiny Revolution. Bye!